Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Oh, good morning. It's a, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, baby. <laughs> November 7, 2022, and this is OneRadioNetwork.com. My name is Patrick Timpone. I'm getting a lot of happy Scorpio birthday thing greetings because I came into this embodiment, if you believe in time, some time ago with November 7, popped in. Seven pounds, 11 ounces, born 11-7. I used to have a lot of seven things going on. Seven children in the family. Seven, um, what was the other one? Oh, seven Patrick Timponi, seven, seven letters. My name. I think we should just go to Vegas. Um, it's the it's a it's a Monday, and it's the first Monday of the month. Adam Bergstrom is here, and we'll introduce him in a second. And tomorrow, well, actually, a little bit later on, a couple of hours, Doctor John Jaquish. He's a very interesting fellow. He is the creator of this um, this um, uh, X three device that I've been using. I'm in my, I think, sixth week, sixth or seventh. He wrote a book called Wakelifting is a Waste of Time. So is Cardio. And there's a better way to have the body that you want. And we're going to talk to him. I'm excited to talk to him. I feel like I know I'm watching his videos so much. It's really a cool thing. So this will be uh, later on after Adam around noon or so. I'll have Dr. Al Dannenberg tomorrow. He'd like your life dependent on it. And because there's going to be a partial or solar or something eclipse of the moon or something tomorrow. There's an eclipse going on. So um, people have been on Facebook and say, well, how can you have an eclipse if, you know, the whole flat earth thing and, you know, and all that works. So I thought we'd invite Dave on and he's going to show you in his opinion how the eclipse thing works. And an immovable the model such as we get into. And then the day after the election, whatever this is going to be tomorrow, Tom Luongo. And he'll pick it apart piece by piece, see where the bodies are buried. And uh, so that'll be on Wednesday. So, got a big week for you, a lot of good things. Thanks for being here. Now, one of our favorite guys who comes on the first Monday of the month and then also on the second, on the third Wednesday. Adam 2.0, Adam Bergstrom, the uh, author of uh, Chronobiotic Nutrition, Yes, No, Maybe, Chronobiotic Nutrition, two websites, Sunsink Nutrition and SolarTiming.com. Mr. Bergstrom, a very pleasant good morning to you in the great California, in the United States. Good morning. <laughs> well, we got a little color. You know how it's great when I put this up? Yeah. Now, now watch color and then gone well oh yeah because you probably got that automatic aperture thing in there but it looks all right i mean you're you're a little dark but you know you know <laughs> california can be a little dark you guys over there a dark place <laughs> so adam burks we're, we're back on almost solar time right we are yeah it's uh got up an hour later today 
because people time or banker's time is different than biological time. Biological time is what your body runs on. Uh, banker's time is when they want you to run on whatever time they want to put it on. War time was two hours off. Each country has their own rules, and they don't pay attention to a sundial. Yeah. But a sundial, and high noon is when you have less shadow, and any other time is not high noon. Not high noon? Well, I remember when we were kids, we used to get high at noon. Did that count? I mean... <laughs> right. <laughs> it's noon. Let's get get high. So, you know, if we can put on a tinfoil hat, do you think that deep down in the dungeons of these loonies' little mind that they they like to mess with the time because they know that how to sync sync with the sun is, you know, harmful to us? I mean, that's a stretch probably. I really believe it is. I mean, not a stretch. I believe it's true. They they have been mind-manipulating people since... uh, mesmerism has been known before mesmer and now there were over a thousand books maybe tens of thousands of books written on mesmerism and the power of hypnotism mesmerism and all of that and how did they disappear you can still find them if you search on the internet but they make it really hard yeah because yeah. at one time they knew that everybody or, or many subjects mesmerized you could close their eyes and they could see around the room without their eyes. <laughs> and so we all have that type of sight, but we have been mesmerized the other way by our educational system to say you can't do that. Can't do that. Remember when you remember when Life magazine had the cover where the Russians uh, housewives were learning to see colors with their fingertips? No. And then they said, oh, no, that can't be true. That can't be true. Even though it was filmed, they, they proved it. It's been done many times. I've seen examples of people seeing without their eyes. Uh, my my Swami friend, the Donald Lake, could do it on a regular basis. You couldn't sneak up on him, whether you were outside or inside. He knew you were there. Hmm. Yeah, I think there's all kinds of evidence. I mean, as soul, I know that we, we do. I do soul traveling things, so I go other places, right, other realities. Um, so, I mean, how are we doing that? You know, so we can... we. And then there's this thing called, uh, I don't know, you've heard of the idea of remote viewing? That was kind of a big deal, or the CIA would teach people to remote view, which is essentially, I guess, soul travel, isn't it? They just teach them to go behind enemy lines and see what they're doing. Even remote doing, they don't tell you about that. They only will tell you about the viewing, but they have remote doing. Remember the, uh, the men who kill goats or whatever it is? That's a very oh, yeah, real yeah, thing. They yeah. made a comedy of it. Yeah. The Man Who Killed yeah. Goats. I think I saw that movie or something. You know, voodoo mm. is a very real thing. It's mm. a type of applied kinesiology that works. Uh, I've, I've weakened people at a thousand, uh, several thousand miles away and strengthened them by doing various techniques. And it's very easy to do. I don't do it on people unconsciously. But one time, my friend Frank Brosky is a very strong guy. He, could do the handstand on the rings and all that, you know, in gymnastics. Mm -hmm. So one time I called him from Houston, Texas to Sepulveda, California. And I said, you want to do an experiment? He said, sure. Uh, Do you have anyone there to test your arm? Yeah, I have my sister-in-law. Okay, stick your arm out. See how strong he is. He was very strong. And then I said, I did a technique and I said, now see how strong he is. And she pushed him down like a baby. And he said, what the heck? And I said, 
well, try it again. Maybe we made a mistake. And then I reversed the procedure, and now he was stronger than he was at the beginning. So that's called zipping and unzipping the uh, central meridian. It's done by every, uh, every military in the world practically knows the technique. I learned the technique from a Texas Highway Patrolman who showed me how they do that. It's called control techniques, and it involves applied kinesiology, where they simply zip up or zip down your meridian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know people that have practiced that with, um, what's that? Oh, electro, um, emotional freedom technique. They do that, and then, then they'll zip it up afterwards, you know, to kind of hold in whatever you've, played with that's crazy i know it seems crazy but you know we're pretty crazy crazy folks that's why you have to be very careful of kinesiological testing when they test like a nutrition mm-hmm. because all you have to do is run the person with your eyeballs like i'm doing right now that weakens you that strengthens you if uh, anyone out there right now is watching this could be tested they're weakened when i do this and they're strengthened when i do that very few people have the ability to center themselves. I've seen a lot of people say they could do it, but you can unzip them so easily. Through walls, miles away, uh, coast to coast, uh, completely around the planet. But I would argue, and I think you, you alluded to that, that as soul, when we establish ourselves here strongly, you know, we can resist. I don't. I like the word resist because it, it kind of... In, intimates an idea of you know but we don't you know just like i just like i do with like emfs and stuff, you know what i mean after testing uh, mm-hmm. i don't know thousands and thousands of people i found one person that could do it no kidding not all right yeah now i i never tested uh master chen adnan saran uh there are people i didn't test but everybody else they said i can center myself weaken them easily it's so it's so easy to weaken the the military knows about it control techniques if the texas highway patrol knows about it you can bet the world knows about it and then i started researching to see how many people know about it it's well known but the public doesn't even believe it no and the scientists tell you that's impossible you can't affect matter at a distance rupert sheldrake is out of his mind yeah but i tell you it's done and now many mm-hmm. applied kinesiologists do it unconsciously they want the results so they don't realize they're lowering their eyes mm-hmm. down to weaken the person they don't do it deliberately there are some that do do nutritional testing like that deliberately though but most i would say 95 percent of people don't have a clue uh that they're unconsciously uh adjusting their tests to fit their conception of what their world is like yeah 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 there's a lot of challenges with the kinesiology thing and as you say i think i don't think most of them they're not bad people they just are unconscious of what they're doing right they're yeah well they're mesmerized too when you uh when you can take uh they knew once you mesmerized a person you were in their control forever there was no way to break that control in fact uh, some of mesmerists would trick a person they would take a person's patient mesmerize them and tell them you are now under my control and no one else's and then send them back to the other well-known mesmerists and some of these were actually doctors and they would uh, couldn't control them anymore because they were only in control and 
the person, once they got them under mesmeristic control, they could do it anywhere around the world without even saying anything. They could just think of the person and weaken them. And if they went and pinched themselves, that person a thousand miles away would feel the pain exactly where the pain was. Hmm. That was demonstrated over and over and over and over again. Over again. I have a, ca- a, a salient case of it in my latest, uh, I started a new journal called Mind Over Matter. And one of the stories is the exact uh, uh, incidents with a man called Timothy and how he could uh, we could feel the pain when someone pulled a mesmerist hair and he could play dominoes with his eyes shut in the dark and with his back turned he could tell the color of everyone's dress in the room he could read the time on the watch of the person he could uh, do all of those things with no problem it was a common common thing and anybody can do it but but the mesmerist has to believe it too. If the mesmerist doesn't believe it, he can't mesmerize the other person. Yeah, I've seen some some acts on this. Uh, sometimes late at night, I like to watch some of the people that sing these songs and do acts on America's Got Talent. And they've got some people that come on to do an act. And I know these people are doing that because they cover up their eyes and there's no way that these people can see what's going on. And I, I've seen them pick out credit card numbers that they just pull out. As, I mean, it's crazy. You know they can see it. They have to be, you know. <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's I've a seen. lot of magic in some of that stuff, but there are some people that I've seen that there's just no way. You know. Oh, they can do it. I'll give you a salient example mm. of, uh, I studied with the Donald Lay. And one time, a friend of mine brought another friend along to meet him. He had never met him before. Uh, Donald Lay had never heard of this man and walked in the clinic. Uh, Donald was working on somebody else. He turned around and looked at him and said, hello, and gave both their names. Now, the person my friend had brought looked at him like, did you give his my name? No, I didn't tell him we're even coming. <laughs> so then suddenly <laughs> Donald turns around and says to the gentleman who was coming with a knee problem, uh, getting to be your birthday, isn't it? Uh, yes. Uh, if you stand up to your father, your knee problem will go away. It was on the left side. And that was it. That was the session. <laughs> he still, to this day, has not st- stood up to his father, who was a wonderful person. I know his father very well. And then Master Chen he meets Master Chen, and Master Chen calls him to his hotel room in the middle of the night and said, it's time to stand up to your father. So Chen knew it too. So people who have those abilities know those things, and they're there. They don't invade people's uh, spiritual life unless they uh, ask for it, because it is a crime to invade sure. another person's mind. It's yeah. a spiritual crime. Not cool, not cool. Do not, not cool. do not encroach on other persons or their property. One of the two, sure. the, the two laws, right? Um, from time to time, I use the term as the right side being female, left side being male, and folks pretty much often say, no, that's not right. The right side is the male and the left side is the female. How do you come to the conclusion that how do we know that the right is a female? How do you know that? I believe you, but I don't know how you know that. 
I'll, I'll give you an example. Okay. Uh, I had a very good friend that told me the same thing. And she had just gone to a workshop where she paid $700 to learn that it was the other way around. So she said, how come you're the only person who has it the reverse? I said, first of all, I'm not. Chinese space reading, which reads the front of the body, this is male, that's female. Look at all the Chinese space readings uh, charts. It's all right, female, right, female. Yes. And then look at American Indian sclerology. When mm. they look at the eyes, it's clearly left and right. Mm. The back of the body reverses. Then I said, she had a husband who I knew had a mother trauma. So I said, would you lie down on the carpet? He said, sure. So I lay down on the carpet, and then I had my friend hold his feet, just hold his feet. And then I looked at him, and I said, how's your mother doing? And she said, his right foot just jumped. And I rather sarcastically said, is his mother a man or a woman? Nowadays, you don't know. You don't know. Back then, you did. (laughs) So anyway, uh, so then she clearly saw it. Now I said, be prepared for the exception to the rule. Uh, Rather than read about it, I had glasses at the time. I said, take the glasses and drop them on the floor. Do they go down or they go up? You read 50 people say it goes up, 50 people say it goes down. See for yourself. So when I mind hack, I go like this. This is the, uh, the technique you use. Or you can just hold the person's feet. And you ask, uh, how's your husband? Boom, it jumps on the left side. Now, what happens if it jumps on the right side? It's the other woman. Might be the mother-in-law, might be the woman's mother, might be the other woman. Often it is the other woman hitting on the husband. Oh, well, that's pretty tricky. How would you you figure that out? By the right or left. I mean, yeah, but I mean, how do you know it's, you know what I mean? Uh, it could be somebody else in the game, like the other yeah, woman. Well, I'll give you the, I gave a really good example on Facebook uh, recently. I, I told this story. Partly true, partly not, but it's a typical type of case. Uh, you turn, say you have a person named Jane. She's got a husband named Joe. You've never met Jane before. You turn her feet. You say, are you married? The left foot jumps. Hmm. So, uh, oh, no, no. The right foot jumps, as I wrote it. Now, Joe, anyone who has read Mind Hacking for the Millions, know that Joe would appear on the left side. Why the right? So I said, uh, is the uh, mother-in-law involved? Is there another woman involved? Bingo, the right foot jumps again. I say, is it your mother-in-law? No reaction. Is it your own mother? No reaction. Is it someone on Joe's job? Bingo, it jumps. <laughs> and then, And then Jane says, look, Joe's boss is hitting on him. She's a woman, he's boss, and she's hitting on him. And so then I turn again, about to find out when, to find out all the details and everything you want to know about it. And then, basically, uh, you can ask even, uh, has Joe had an affair with his boss? What's going on? Could Joe quit his job? You ask all kinds of questions like that. And then you know why, because Jane has come to me with a shoulder that is very sore. So, one thing is they want to strike somebody. So, she wants to hit her uh, Joe's boss. So, I just have her hit a pillow. And if that is the problem, it goes away. If it doesn't, it's not the problem. Now, drama does not cure trauma. That just releases the trauma. But now, 
Jane has to make decisions that the mind hacker cannot make for her. Is she going to divorce Joe? Did Joe have an affair with the boss? Should Joe quit the job? It should legal action be involved? What's the solution? That's up to Jane, not up to the mo- person who mind hacks the person. Otherwise, it's a spiritual invasion. Right, 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 right. You can give advice, you know, and send them to a counselor. If a mind hacker is not, doesn't have counseling experience, like Dr. Sarno used to do that, he would send people to a counselor, either a psychiatrist or someone who has some kind of validity, though, because most psychiatrists now, it's about drugs. <laughs> they want to give you drugs to solve your problem. That doesn't solve any problems. It makes them worse. Yeah, of course. Yeah, That's great. Really interesting. So, so you've... You've just confirmed the right-left thing over many years, many, many years, right? Many years and uh, thousands of people, thousands of people. That's the way it works. Yeah. That's hey, like- for instance, the, the very person that my friend went to do the consultation with, or the workshop, 700 bucks, his wife comes to me, and she has uh, cancer of the neck. And her saying that she said over and over, I feel like I have an albatross growing around my neck. It's on the right side. Now, her husband diagnosed it as being a male trauma. But I'm working on her, and I didn't want to ruin her relationship with her husband. So I said, uh, you have a mother trauma. I didn't tell her how I got that. She said, you're the first person who who got that no one else has got that i hate my mother i said maybe it's time to forgive your mother i would rather die than forgive my mother it's that bad one week one month later she died she died wow she died she couldn't forgive her mother and i even tried tricks that i learned from her husband Uh, can you forgive yourself for not forgiving your mother can you do (laughs) it that way all kinds of tricks nothing worked she hated her mother she hated her mother boy that's um what what in general are some ways i i wanted to a few people especially i'm doing these coaching things now um folks having a hard time with husband or wife or mom leaving dying um what are some do they just generally have to go through it um, and just have to be with the, the, the grief and it will, it will dissipate? Uh, yes, no, maybe. You really have to do something aggressive. And by aggressive, I mean yawning and stretching. Because when we build up emotional pressure within ourselves, it actually is a physical pressure. Yes, it our is. Our blood pressure rises. Uh, yes, our, it is. our blood sugar rises. All these things rise from accelerated pressure lymphatic pressure splenic pressure colon pressure so we only have two ends one here one on the other end the only way to get rid of that pressure is yawn and stretch or have a rectal release called a fart or even a poop (laughs) a rectal release yeah yeah. now you can get some gas out the skin you ever uh, blow your nose and your eyes, air comes out of the corner of your eyes? Yeah, I, I felt, so, felt that every now and then, yeah. But 99% is going to come out of your mouth or whatever. So to relieve the pressure, if you yawn and stretch, 
And another thing is to network. Be around friends because people tend to hibernate and want to be by themselves at that time. And they really need to be around people and have a, a support chain. That's been well validated. Even a pet. You know, you need something to get through the, uh, the trauma. Yeah, yeah. Adam Bergstrom and Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. I haven't gone on Sunsync Nutrition and looked at the solar thing to see how far I'm off on. I'll have to go and check that. Yeah, it's been a while since I've checked it. Um, um, at least we're close, though, now that we're back on, on sundial time, right? We're, we're, we're it's close. hard to get off. All you have to do is you look at your local clock now before it could be off an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, you can be off an hour, hour and a half. Um, and in some countries, for political reasons, they have those things zigzag so much, you can be three hours off of the solar time. Because uh, uh, time has become politicalized now. You know, it's, First, it was for convenience, for the railroad. You couldn't schedule, if, if one town 100 miles away was 10 minutes off, you couldn't schedule anything. So they did it for convenience at first, but then they realized they could control events. And now with computers, you need exact timing. <laughs> and, uh, and unfortunately, uh, I'm glad that Silicon Valley took a blow and that Many more companies besides uh, Elon Musk is firing people. They're firing them left and right. People are, are ready to leave San Francisco en masse because there's no work there anymore. IBM, all these other companies, Faceplant, they're all firing people. Yeah, I saw where they're going to do a bunch of people from Faceplant. And, of course, we know the stories about Elon Musk. He's firing like 10,000 people or something. I mean, can you imagine how a company could still operate after you fire 10,000 people, what are those, what are those 10,000 people doing? Nothing. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of dead weight in the, in the uh, it's well known. And I've worked for the government. I've worked for in the aerospace industry uh, back in the 60s. And talk about dead weight, man. And thieves. That so much money was being paid for the government. It was common for people to steal things from the government thousands of dollars oh yeah you you could make a deal i i i I, uh told this uh i gave an endorsement to this guy to get hired so he got hired he worked in gold plating every day he brought a giant thermos to work and stole the gold plating (laughs) you'd think people would get suspicious his car was gold plated (laughs) he gold plated his car and parked it in the parking lot and i'm thinking oh my god i recommended this guy one can only can one can only imagine. Hey, Lynn, Lynn is in Nebraska, and she takes our notes. She does a great job. Lynn, would you find out how many government employees there are in the federal government, federal government, and then you can, you know, then you can, then you can go to the California government or the Texas. I mean, where do you hear this number? I think it's big. I mean, it's big. Can you imagine what all those people are doing or not doing? Remember to include schools because yeah. they're all government employees. Oh, yes. Cool. And, and the people who deliver to them are under the control of the schools. We are controlled by four major forces that we need to stop. Schools, the medical cartels, as I've explained before, if you get one chemo, I mean, if you want cancer therapy, you're going to get chemo in Antarctica, in Arctica, you're going to get it in Africa, you're going to get it in San Diego, you're going to get it in Boston, you're going to get the same thing. 
and they okay medical we've got school then we have transportation that's the other big one they had people on and the fourth one is the military but the military is basically so that you will accept the medical and the school the brainwashing basically and the transportation hmm. those are the four things that we need to slow down how how is the programming that goes on with um radio television podcast um media different or related to mesmerism is they know what they're doing, right? I mean, they... there's two ways to <laughs> mesmerize. Well, actually, that goes into si- simple hypnotism, even. But they do do mesmerism because the frequency. An RCA uh, scientist found in the 1940s that it, that TV generated an alpha wave, and an alpha wave is a pencil with no eraser. Your theta wave is necessary to erase information. So whatever goes in, it stays in. People will believe it. Like I'm, I'm amused a lot of times on Facebook. I write that the pineal gland needs to be calcified, not decalcified. Right, I've seen and that. People, yeah, I've seen. And, and, and I also put fluorine is bad. They don't see the fluorine is bad. So you're saying fluorine is good. I clearly said it's bad. But they're so brainwashed to think one way, they don't see the other way. I mean... Would you want it, if fluorine to decalcify your bones or your teeth, but you're, it's okay? No structure is needed for the pineal gland? No lens? Where do they think the lens comes? It's Iceland spar, which is calcium carbonate, not phosphate. Phosphate is a problem, but fluorine dissolves them all. Hmm. It just, it, it, your pineal gland is more sensitive than your bones and your teeth. It's the first to go. And then you have no pineal gland anymore. It's frankly not that important anyway, but there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what, are, what are people doing to, that unknowingly to decalcify the pineal gland? Is it dietary? Yeah, they, well, they think. There's no way to decalcify it except with fluorine. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, okay. It's just made to be calcified, calcium carbonate. Yeah, it's just, that's yeah, the way it calcium carbonate. Now, there is uh, calcium carbonate, there is ammonium carbonate, there is uh, calcium phosphate, ammonium uh, phosphate, uh, magnesium phosphate. There's a whole bunch of chemicals in there. It needs a structure. And all of our organs need structure. Why would you decalcify it? Uh, because even our cartilage has, has uh, calcium in it. Our nerves have calcium in it. Why on earth would you decalcify it? Now, getting a crust or a plaque or something on it, that's a different story. Hmm. There are, is the phosphate that's the problem, calcium phosphate. Uh, people tell you, or the experts tell you, that uh, to get a strong bone, you start out with calcium carbonate, but then you need calcium phosphate. So they recommend this long form of hydroxyl, whatever it is, of calcium. But that's old bone. You're... Your, your kid's bone is the most flexible. It can bend at a 45-degree angle. But once you put the phosphate in it, crack. So a person falls, they break their hip. You ever heard of a kid breaking their hip? Man, they have to have a terrible force, yeah. and they have to have a 200-pound tubby land on top of them at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're going to take a quick little break here, brother. Uh, Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. If you have a question for Adam Bergstrom, uh, yeah, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com or you can call 888-663-6386. 
Speaking of calcium, we love this product, and I don't know if you've tried it or not, but it really is a good one. It's called Pearlsium. I like to take it internally. Um, it, it really uh, helps to promote um, relaxation. Um, people think of magnesium, but somehow for me, calcium does good stuff. Maybe that's why people drink milk, warm milk before bed or something. I don't know. Right, Pete? The big milk fan. Anyway, this is Pearlsium, and it's from um, hmm, Pearl, real Pearl, so it's a living source. And it's most, not mostly, I think it's about half calcium, and then it's some other minerals in there, and they have some target proteins. And it's a wonderful product. You can brush your teeth with it. I do my teethies all the time, every morning and night. And then you can take it internally. So they have the the green container that you see here on video, which is the powder. comes with a little plastic spoon. You just wet your toothbrush, put that puppy on there, and it will actually help the bone to... to uh, to build. That's been proven. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. So people have had some good results with this known as um, thing known as uh, receding gums, but um, you know, it's not really receding gums. It's, in our opinion, receding bone. And then the gums look funky. So it's a good way to get calcium. Um, uh, we like it and we think you'll enjoy it. So you can get the capsules and also the powder from OneRadioNetwork.com. Getting the time of the year that you're going to think about, man, I sure wish I had a sauna. I'll get all gooey and sweaty and warmed up before I go to bed. I do it every night. I think you'll enjoy it. This is a, this is really, truly the best sauna that we know of around for the money. I mean, you can get a four or $5,000 sauna and uh, bust out a wall, all, and you can lay down, but I'm not sure that you have any more benefits in the, I don't, I don't think you do, in those, those uh, you know, really expensive ones. I can't see any advantage over those other than you get to lie down. So that's worth three or 4000 You can get that one. But if you just want to really do the job, I think this has been a key um, thing for me to keep me in, uh, in the great shape that I am, knock on wood, after 76 kind of things going on. Um, I don't know what to call them anymore, you know, time. Uh, so, um, well, here's a little bit from, um, I think it was Brian, Brian the Vegetarian Brian. Brian Clement, who heads up the Hippocrates Institute in Florida, talked about saunas here. Elke writes in for Brian Clements. Would Brian give us some tips on what supplements we would need to take if we do saunas several times a week to replenish lost minerals from sweating? Well, Dr. Rao, who you had on, is a colleague and a friend. We do often conferences together in Europe, and I agree. We have saunas here. I take a sauna, so you know this, no matter where I travel in the world, 365 days a year. I think it's mandatory. Really? 87%, listen closely, 87% more heavy metals and chemicals come out in an infrared. Well, no wonder we feel better when we take these saunas. We have the Relax Far Infrared Sauna we've talked about on sale through August, $950 delivered continental U.S. If you live outside there, email me, Patrick, at OneRadioNetwork.com. And you can order away right now on OneRadioNetwork.com. I found over the years that, um, you know, I get so many emails, and we really like them. And I'm able to answer a lot, lots of them. But 
it's uh, I think one of the most uh, difficult things that that people um, the challenge they have when it comes to all kinds of things going on in their health and their wealth, their well-being, spiritual things, emotional, physical things, is to have somebody that really listens to them. So I really got that, you know, over the last few months. I said, man, I should do something because I'm a good listener. So we're doing a little project called Patrick in Your Pocket. It's one-on-one coaching, and we can talk about whatever you want. And we've done no four or five of them already, and I really enjoy it, and the people are having a good experience. We have one, uh, Lori from Washington, uh, D.C. She wrote a little testimonial there, and she's a psychotherapist, but she really, really enjoyed the session that we had. She thought it was helpful, very helpful. So um, I'm not an expert on this kind of stuff, but when you really listen to people, it's similar to what Adam does with kinesiology. He listens to the body, right? Pretty much what you're doing. So I listen to you, and we we come to some kind of place where we can decide, you know, what is it you want to do, and how can I help you? And we can talk through whatever it is, your food, spiritual stuff, emotions, uh, procrastination, uh, relationships. It really takes just uh, digging in and thinking clearly about what might be the next step. So I do that called Patrick in Your Pocket. It's a one-time charge, not a lot of money, and then unlimited email support. So just go on the front page, click on that puppy. You can read more about it or just straight away email me, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com and work out a time. We'll do a Zoom, a Zoom thing and then I'll send you the, the um, MP3 file so you have the audio too for, um, for reference, you know, to listen later on. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Adam Bergstrom, that's pretty much what kinesiology is, right? You're just listening to the person. They're telling you what's up. Listening is very important for healing. In fact, a great story. Uh, Someone came to visit uh, Donald Lay when I lived in Carpinteria, and she lay down on the carpet, and she started talking and telling her problems. And he said, tell me more. And she told her problems for another five minutes. And he said, tell me more. And he, she went on and on and on like that. And he just kept saying, tell me more. And finally, when he said, tell me more, she stopped talking and started crying. Wow. And he said, when the talking ends, the, cr- the healing begins. When the talking ends, the healing begins. Yep. We talk to ourselves to convince ourselves of every kind of a disease in the book or every kind of problem we're having. And actually, we need a body expression, a body feel-good moment, crying, laughing, uh, whatever it is that makes the body feel good. And talking really is a diversion. Talking was uh, invented to communicate, but it's used to discommunicate to keep us away to sell products to ourselves, though, to actually convince ourselves of things that aren't true. Conversation, our own words, are the problem. The only really legitimate words are the audible life stream. The medulla oblongata, the mouth of God. Let the mouth of God talk. (laughs) You bet, baby. Um, uh, Check this out. Whoa, this can't be possible. The federal government 
employs 9.1 million workers. Wow. Can you imagine that? Nine million people? Six percent total employment, um, 2.1 federal, oh, 2.1 federal, 4.1 contract, 1.1 million grant employees, 1.3 active due to military personnel, and more than 500,000 postal service employees. Nine million. And that's not even the state government. <laughs> no, and no, no, that's just federal. Government. That's just federal. That's not... I, I mean, what a mess. I mean, it's just silly. I mean, for what? The only thing in the Constitution is to what, preserve and protect the Constitution and defend our borders. That's the only thing they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> That's how it started. It wow. certainly hasn't gone there. <laughs> Can you imagine nine million? Actually, John Adams uh, mm. warned Thomas Jefferson if they just went for the money alone as the only freedom, they would end up with an elite taking over the world. Now, it happened first in 1890s, but then Theodore Roosevelt came and broke it up. But now it's much worse. If Roosevelt came back, he would be astounded. And by the way, he was part of the elite, too. Sure. The Suez Canal, he made a fortune by making the French come in and, and uh, work on that canal. Oh, did he? But he at least busted up the Rockefellers and the Morgans and the Kelloggs and all the other people. For a moment, for a minute, but they came back. <laughs> they came back very quickly. War, in fact, that's going to be the obvious way to get out of our uh, our financial means now. Right now, of course, with the dollar strong, the, all the world is investing in the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. they don't. How long is that going to last? How long is the world going to be able to exist? So we are in a huge bubble, as every economist that you've had on and that has any kind of a two brain cells to rub together knows that we're in a crisis. <laughs> big bubble, big bubble. And uh, yeah, so be careful out there if you're in the uh, stocks and all that. Be careful because you never know. Because generally bubbles pop, right? Generally they pop. <laughs> By the way, did you see that the, uh, the lithium batteries are so dangerous? They're not only blowing up Teslas and automobiles, but did you see that big... Uh, building fire in New York that just happened. It was started no. by a lithium bicycle battery. Oh, really? So this is why the Tesla cars keep blowing up because of the lithium batteries? Lithium batteries are very dangerous. They've killed people with cell phones even. Mostly damage them, but they have actually killed people by blowing up in a cell phone. They're, and they want us all to switch off to that. Lala Harris is saying, I love electric school buses. They are so cool. <laughs> She wasn't raised in an electric school bus, but, oh, she went and sat in one because they let her see what it was like. And now, I love, I love yellow electric school buses. Um, good morning, birthday boy. Oh, good morning. <laughs> love the homepage. Please ask Adam why my tummy is getting bigger and bigger. Is it from sugar? Is it really from sugar? Do I need probiotics or is it wishing for the baby I never had? <laughs> Could be all of the above, I guess. <laughs> Could be all of the above, yeah. yes. And, and uh, women often get, uh, when they when they want a baby and they are frustrated about having it or don't want to support it, but they want to get pregnant, they get uh, uh, uterine uh, growths. 
in there, including uterine cancer. Mm. It's quite common. Mm-hmm. How do they substitute? How can you tell when a woman uh, wants to be pregnant, she often gets cancer, the evil twin. And what do they do? They get pets. They get obsessed with pets, and they get as many pets as they can. And the pets happen. As soon as the pets happen, you know they want babies. I have a very dear friend who collected chickens. And one time I told her that, and she said, not me. I didn't want any babies. I said, get down on the carpet. Within five minutes, she's sobbing her eyes out because of the babies she did not have. Wow. So Paul is in the UK. He wants to know, so how do you defend yourself from being mesmerized? Uh, you know, it's very difficult. It actually takes focus, and you have to realize, first of all, to realize you're mesmerized, you have to realize you are. People who say, I'm not mesmerized, they're the ones that are mesmerized. Sure. It's clear. Because if you take a hypnotized person, they've de- demonstrated, are you hypnotized? They say, of course not. Uh, uh, and then you say the key word. I say, uh, rock. And suddenly the person walks over to the, uh, to the uh, oven, turns it on, and comes back. Why did you turn the oven on? I felt like it. There's a famous Sufi story about how the unconscious works, where uh, the, uh, a man is, uh, a, a, a student is traveling with a renowned Sufi. And the Sufi said, you can make people do things at a distance. Well, what about that guy riding his camel over there? Can you make him do something? Sure. What do you want him to do? Get off his camels. He gets off his camel. And he says, now what do you want him to do? Well, throw a rock. Have him throw a rock out into the woods. Okay, he throws him out into the desert. And now uh, the student says, well, that could be accidentally. He might have thought there's a coyote there. Have him go and bring the stone back. So the man goes, looks for the stone, brings it back. Then they go down and question the person. Why did you get off the camel? Well, because the camel was tired. So I got off to give him a rest. Why did you throw the rock out into the desert? Well, there could be coyotes there. Uh, I want to uh, scare them away. Why did you go and pick the rock up again? You know, it felt kind of heavy to me. I thought there might be some gold in that rock. So he had a rationalization of the whole story. The whole thing. That's not what happened. And the same thing, 99% of the world's population is mesmerized and is doing the same thing and using the same rationalizations to explain why they did things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, with Adam Bergstrom, Patrick Timpone, uh, Patrick at One Radio Network.com. You know, I'm seeing more and more in my contemplations and looking uh, what I like to do two, three o'clock in the morning, you know, and lying in bed and just seeing how this all works. Is I think that, um, um, uh, pressure or um, what's the right word? Um, the right word is um, when we worry or anxious or uncertain or um, any of these things that we do a lot in planet Earth all the time, even, you know, whatever. Worry about, I got, oh, I got to do that tomorrow, you know, blah, blah, blah. That is causes tension in the body. 
And in my experience, that tension builds up over time. Does that sound right to you? And it builds up and it builds up and it builds up. And if we do not yawn, stretch, exercise, whatever we do, and you know, detox from this tension, um, that then this causes disease. Does this sound right to you? And and I think the curious thing is what I'm seeing is that I'm finding tension in places that I didn't know were tense. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, wow, how long has that been there? You know, like little spots above your, in your lower back or something. When you really, really relax and stretch, you feel that. And you felt it before because it's familiar. But in everyday life, I don't feel it. But it's still there, right? You have insights on, am I on to something here? You're more in your body than most people because I've seen people that have no conception. Now, when I mind hack people, uh, I'll tell them something. And some people are so sensitive. Wow, I felt my arm jump. I felt my leg jump. Mm -hmm. Other people don't have a clue. I've worked on some people who just were not in their body at all where their leg would jump off the floor and everybody else could see it. But he said, I didn't feel anything. So, uh, yeah. And at three to five in the morning is lung time. It's like a portal to get free. That's why the hour of nectar, whatever they, the masters of the East called it, this is the time when you're, the earth is most silent in your area and you can key in to uh, enlightenment and get free. Hmm. It's basically the escape hatch out of this matrix that we live in. That's lung time. That's interesting. Why would it be tied into the lungs? You would think it might be. But did you know? How that it's it's been shown uh, a doctor showed me back in the 80s an AMA booklet 140 pages of why to treat the lungs at lung time in fact when a person has so-called asthma and it happens that they're worse at lung time so just taking a cup of coffee at four in the morning will cure it I had a buddy of mine same thing he said I've got, I'm having an asthma attack. i got to go to work. Have you got anything to do? Drink coffee. He was in a group where they forbid coffee, but he made himself some coffee. And as soon as he had the coffee, I'm fine, going to work. Off he went. So lung time uh, is exactly opposite bladder time. Our lungs are the strongest then, and we can breathe the slowest and the less. That's why bag breathing is oh, yeah, willing yeah. to the process. So that's the book. But it, so did we did we wrap up on palm you know, sometimes you and I get off on a tangent pretty quickly. <laughs> so so some ideas for Paul not to be mesmerized, what can he do? Yeah, uh, well one thing is to yawn and to stretch and okay. meditate and go into yourselves and get multiple sources. Social media isn't enough. I was protected from school because I found a library, this amazing little library in Pacoima, California, that had Madame Blavatsky, Yogananda, Edgar Cayce, uh, James Churchwood and the Sacred Land of Moo and all of that stuff. So I had kind of a uh, inoculation against what my teachers were telling me. I figured out that the history I was learning in high school and even in junior high, because I found Yogananda, Blavatsky, uh, all of those things, 
before I even got into ninth grade. And so I was inoculated. When they told me that history does not repeat itself, I argued that it did with my teacher. He said, no, that's not true. When the test came out, I answered so that I would get the great grade that it did not repeat itself, but I had to write on top of the paper, but it does. Huh. So what do we and Paul and others do with these multiple sources? What What's going on there? What, what do you mean by that multiple? And then to critically you, think of what, what you believe? That helps you to get a, mm. a, an antidote. Now, when I read something from someone, I always read the opposite. How many people do that? I go into the medical profession and read what they're saying because what Lay told me, nothing helps your argument more when you find the flaw in your opponent's thinking. Mm-hmm. And you say, so like, like uh, you say something like, uh, this is uh, what I read. Where did you read that? That's not medical thing. And then you give the site out of the medical textbook you gave it. What are they going to do with that? <laughs> but yeah. if you say, I got it from La La Land, and there's a book on uh, metaphysical so-and-so and how to transcend. But if you get it from their own information, they're stuck with it. <laughs> uh, Adam, That's I'm getting a lot of uh, uh, extemporaneous noise. Are you hitting your keyboard or your hands touching something? I could have hit the table there oh it's kind of ongoing yeah it's uh so i know you get a little animated there and you're excited so yeah it's just clunkiness i can hear like you're hitting the table so tie up your hands no don't do that (laughs) (laughs) i will yeah i think you're italian you're one it's funny, when I was a kid, they would have diagnosed me as, uh, what do you call it when you jump up and down? I have moving pictures of me in 1951, actually in old movie films, and I can't stand still. I just jumped up and down, jumped up and down. And, oh. uh, <laughs> and the teacher would say in school, in the fourth, third or fourth grade, use your head, so I'd hit it on the desk. I stayed after school a lot. We're still getting that sound. Are you touching something? <laughs> No. No? No? Your legs? Just kind of clinking? No, not at any place near. Let me see if I hear anything. I don't hear anything on this end. Why? Uh, Well, Hmm. because it's only happening when you're moving. See, now it's not happening. You're still. And then when you start moving, I can hear tap, tap, tap. Well, don't worry about it. I'll be still. <laughs> no, yeah, be still. It's and, hard. Yeah, I know. Be, no, be still and know it, you know. Um, so, did we take care of, I think we skipped over a little bit on, on uh, Nancy's tummy. So, you've argued before, or posited, not argued, but you put forth the idea that the tummy thing, and this is a lot of this is pressure and air, just as much as could be fat, but mostly, right? Hair? If you look at a medical textbook, you see a museum stomach, J-shaped, and then you see a colon that looks like that. They're not like that at all. Mine, my stomach hangs down to my pubic bone, and many people's does, to the pubic bone. Because, And then imagine, the stomach, you have to work all the way up to the pyloric valve to get it out. 
most people it's right at that angle it just goes right and flows but if you have to get all the way down here and do that so to make my colon work correctly i have to do shoulder stands otherwise my transverse colon is down pushing on my stomach down on my pubic bone and you'll be amazed how many people do that when people go to gastroenterologists they just tell them take drugs and stuff they don't show them the x-rays if people saw their x-rays like i took x-rays of people's colons there ain't no such colon like you know like that you, colon like you can see it yeah like this i saw one guy with it what and, and i'm talking about when i did colon therapy we got young people people doing yoga and stuff I think the oldest people I would get would be 30 or 40 years old, and that would be considered old. Every once in a while, I got a 70-year-old or something like that, and it was a nightmare. One person had hormones looking like a bird's nest coming out their butts. Can you imagine sticking a half-inch pipe up that butt? I prayed. I prayed when I did it. So, um, so then when the stomach is falls down on the colon... Um, what does that do? And then what do the shoulder stands do? Shul uh, shoulder stands? Well, the transverse colon that hangs down this way right. opens up and dumps, and you can pass your feces like that. Now, emotions are tied in with it. In fact, I have a hernia now, and how did I get it? A good friend of mine died of a, of a gastrointestinal disease. I cried as soon as I heard it, and pop, my inguinal hernia popped out. Okay. Now, how does that help me? The subconscious is crazy. See, our subconscious is crazy. Why? How could I help my dying friend by getting an inguinal hernia on the left side? Makes no sense, does it? But the unconscious doesn't think that way. Hmm. Recently, I had a falling out with a male friend of mine good friend of mine i still regard him as a good friend but we're just on the outs right now mm -hmm. the day after at heart time my entire left side of my body got paralyzed wow. and i realized what it was so i yawned and i stretched and i did uh, movements and it went away and since then we've kind of healed a little schism we just don't talk in public at this point <laughs> but i love the guy but you know when you really like a guy and you're on the outs it's not fun yeah it could it could cause uh cause issues so you can all, all you know certainly imagine how people that uh, get into grief or something about uh, whatever you know can be very very hard on the body when we do that right yes imprints are very real i uh i found someone that had i forget what the problem was it was a serious problem and what they had done is as a child they had gone to their grandfather's uh funeral and it had left an imprint that didn't go away and so i'm dealing with this lady in her 40s or 50s and she still has a death imprint from her grandfather and then the problem cleared when she realized what it was and had a good cry about it mm -hmm. she had never released the tension of that death mm -hmm. dear patrick uh 7 11 1946 to 7 11 2022 or 28,000. If you just turn 76, then both the sun and moon have kindly made um, almost 28,000 revolutions around you. Uh, the major, a major birthday of 30,000 days is also in the offing. Well, I don't think, they've not done it around me. In my opinion, they've done it above me. So, yeah, so there's 20, 30,000 
revolutions above me. So that's pretty cool. But you know, when you think about time, Adam, as you know, since I'm a I'm a immovable Earth guy, and and I believe that the Earth goes around this way, the Sun and the Moon rather, not this way. And um, but if we if we are, you know, if I'm on a stationary plane, which I know that I am, and if the Sun and the Moon are doing this, um, and we're not moving, the you know, there is no time. I mean, these guys may be, you know, it may take the sun 24 hours to do that thing, but that doesn't have to affect me unless I think it's real, think that it affects me. Even space is not real. Space or time, because you can't have space without time. Because if you gotta you have, go yeah, place. matter, energy, space, and time, right? That's, that's the four components to these, to these lower worlds, right? So if you got space, you got to have time because you got space here. You got to take time to move from this point to that point. They work with each other. So obviously, we have we live in a place called nowhere. Now <laughs> dash here. Here now here now here has no time. We see this as a movie. We're watching a great production, just like you would watch a movie in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Well, we're making the greatest movie ever done. You know, it's our movie. We're producing it. We're the actors in it. We're the directors. Screenwriters. Here we are going through it. Yeah, I agree. That's a wow. It's a wonderful metaphor, isn't it? That we really are our own movie, and this is the deal. And so, what kind of movie do you want? Yeah, what kind of movie do you want? Exactly it. And we make we make movies with villains because. Would you watch a movie without a villain? What movie have you ever watched? They all have villains, right? They all have villains. You remember Andy Warhol made an eight-hour movie of a person sleeping. How many people watched that? Not too many people. Did he really? Eight hours. Someone just sleeping. Oh, it was really exciting in the deep breathing passages, though. Yeah, so what you're saying is that we create villains... So we can have an exciting movie. To overcome them. Yeah, yeah. The to overcome. To yeah, to overcome. You know, that's what screenwriting is. Every scene, there has to be some kind of intention and obstacle. That's one of the, Aaron Sorkin talks about that. Every scene, an intention, scene. an intention, I want this, and there's somebody in the scene saying, you can't have it, right? So you overcome the obstacle and you grow, or you get a new viewpoint. That's the way screenwriting works. Without without an obstacle, you got no you got no story. So nope. so maybe as souls, we just create this story so we think we're living or something. You know, so we think we're doing something. <laughs> we do. You know, one time I was with the Donald A. and a man. He he was talking about how the universe was fun, basically. Uh-huh. And the man was very depressed. He said, "How can, all the suffering and stuff, how can you call this Fun. good? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Adama said, uh, how can you call it joy? And Adama said, it takes joy to make the gun. It takes joy to pull the trigger. It takes joy to receive the bullet. But it's more practical to get joy out of happiness. Oh. I like that. Yeah, that's really cool. More practical to get joy out of happiness. 
But we do get joy out of our cancer, out of our heart attacks, out of all of that. We get joy out of it. And But people won't admit it, that they do that because they're bored. Boredom is the one thing the brain can't stand, blank. Delta brainwave is blank. If you take tennis balls or uh, ping pong balls and cut them, eventually you'll see nothing. You can't tell if it's white or black or whatever because you create a guns field. And a guns field is blank and people can't stand it. That's why when they go in these uh, submersible tanks, you know, where they float in the water, they actually start... If if you stay in there for an hour, it's okay, you hallucinate. But if you stay in there uh, a couple of days, you could go entirely insane. And don't think they don't know these tricks in Guantanamo and other places like that. They know how to drive you crazy and brainwash you. And I think another challenge to stay more and more in Delta or in the blank or in the ever-present now is that um, we we feel vulnerable. I don't think we are. I think we're stronger that way, but that's just me. But many people feel vulnerable because they're not putting up this artificial, right, artificial protection. Well, I'm this, I'm that, I'm Patrick, or I'm Adam, and nothing can hurt me. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's a vulnerable place, but I don't think there's anything to be vulnerable to. We have a force field, and we can't. We are protected, and we have a. You know, they know that some people have, uh, and they know ahead of time that the plane's going to crash, yeah. so they don't make the plane at that time. Other people know it is going to crash, and they go and make sure they're on that plane. Accident-prone people exist. In fact, an accident, by the definition I've learned from my spiritual teachers, is a very well-planned event. There are no accidents. Accidents are a sign of mental illness, but no one wants to admit it. You know, it's okay to fall down and break your leg, but it's not okay to have a mental illness. But it's obviously not practical when under hypnosis, we can hit the basketball rim every time, but we can't hit it all the time when we're not mesmerized. What the heck is going on here? How did Annie Oakley shoot a coin over and over again 10,000 times without missing one? I don't know. How and she... You can't hit a basketball hoop? What the heck? <laughs> so we got an email here. Let's see. Where is this from? Uh, oh, yo, 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 yo. I really enjoyed uh, last show. This was on October 19, not long ago. Um about gallbladder your attributes of organs for the pinky fingers was especially interesting with heart on the left pinky and the gallbladder on the right pinky is that right darts on the left that's right no could you mention what organs are on the other fingernails in the past i sometimes practiced the jin shing jitsu finger hold but when i saw different finger organ attributes and some other sources I had some doubts as to who actually knew which correspondence were genuine. Perhaps next time Adam is on, please ask him what source is the most reliable. Hmm. <laughs> I actually have a list when it was when it was uh, it was allowed on the internet of how to use every acupuncture point to kill with, and I'm not going to share it with anyone. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. Nope, I, I have it hidden away. I won't share it because people are going to use it. Uh, 
for the wrong reasons. Now, some of those kill points don't really kill. They do minor damage. Some of them kill. Now, it takes sometimes a year to do it. As an example, I had an uncle. He hit himself in the heart finger with a hammer. It took him a year to have the heart attack from that because he didn't scream and yell and jump up and down and do something to clear that trauma. Many people will have an accident on their fingers or their toes, and then they'll wonder why they got a liver problem, a lung problem, or whatever, because they hit the meridian that controls the master control of those organs. Mm. So that's what happens. And uh, he wants the other fingers. You have the lung on this some Which one? so you help your breathing by thumb wrestling you want to learn to uh, strengthen your lungs you have a uh, copt all these lung diseases and stuff to lung cancer whatever you learn to thumb wrestle you you compete with someone even and then you have the large intestine finger and then you have the circulation sex finger we won't turn it around because it looks really nasty because it is the circulation sex finger i'll be done and then you have the then you have the thyroid finger and then you have the heart and small intestine finger, two meridians on one, uh, one side. The heart meridian is in the inside, the small intestine over here. On your large toe, you have both the liver and the spleen. You have the spleen on the outside, the liver, uh, the liver after that. Then you have the gallbladder toe next. Then you have the kidney toe next. Then you have the... Uh, uh, let me think. The uh, no, excuse me. The stomach toe is the one right next to the liver. Then you have the kidney toe. Then you have the gallbladder toe. Then you have the uh, bladder toe at the very end. Which one's the stomach toe next to the big toe? Yep, that's the one. On both now, feet. You have a, on both feet or uh, just on both, both both feet. But you get that polarity again because the stomach toe on. The one side is going to refer to the circulation sex toe on the other side. They have this other relationship that I talked about, about the pinky being a gallbladder attack on one time and opposite. It gets a little complicated there, and that does take, it's not like mind hacking. Anybody can do it. If you can ride a bicycle, you're overqualified to, to mind hack. But if you do something like this, it takes study. I've studied these things for years so it comes second nature sure, to me sure. uh, and people like steve schauber knows more about it than me he studied it all over the world you know and uh, done all these techniques mm. so um so the fingers don't have a stomach you didn't mention a stomach that's weird no that's on the feet see the meridians are on we have 10 toes uh, 10 digits and we have 12 meridians so obviously there's going to be a duplicate and it happens to duplicate on the pinky on the finger and the big foot on the opposite side you can trace these meridians on time the lung meridian starts one place goes down to the toe comes back up as the other meridian goes down up down up down up and it goes up to the up to the finger hmm. and down down to the toe so you can trace it in time some people have schedules for those times, like you're on certain meridians at a certain time. That gets a little complicated, and I'm not even sure if that quite works in the same way that it's presented by acupuncturists. Mm -hmm. Remember, the acupuncturists that we have in the United States are not the original acupuncturists who were in China who knew a lot more and studied. Here, a medical doctor with his own paradigms of how things work 
learns to be an acupuncturist in a year or two. What kind of study is that? You have people in the Orient who start as a uh, apprentice when they're five years old. And by the time they're 60 or 70, they really know how to use a needle. Wow. I've met people who could stick a needle right by the medulla of Lungata. If he went in a fraction of an inch more, total paralysis or death. But he could heal a crippled person by simply sticking it near the medulla, but not on the medulla, and did it on an ongoing basis. I met him in Kansas City. That's something you don't want to try at home. <laughs> no, definitely not. Don't try this at home. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, so here's another one. This is interesting. Uh, Adam has mentioned using oranges during two periods for gallbladder issues. Nice idea, but as a blood type A, oranges are off limits for me, and the lectin factor is real. Diadamo did some very good work sorting out lectins for all the blood types, although Stephen Gundry in Plant Paradox tries to discuss and warn about lectins, but without getting in the blood types, which is misleading and incomplete. Well, I'm going to tell you that the blood type is a bunch of foolish nonsense and malarkey. Is it? How about that? And I'll tell you why. <laughs> Only certain, certain parts of blood types are correct, like uh, uh, lima beans. Lima beans can affect blood type, but what lectins do, and you can check this out because I have posted, I think on one radio network, a list of hundreds of lectins that are anti-cancer, a lot of them, like uh, wheat germ lectin, uh, jackfruit lectin. Mm. Uh, there's a bunch of lectins that are actually anti-cancer. So what Dr. Adamo did incorrectly is combine, uh, it's, anyway, it's the most preposterous thing I've ever it's come across. It's just not right. It's just not right. It's just not right. Now, but lectins can affect the gut. They do that. So if he had said gut type, but blood type sounds a lot better because it's more mystical, the blood of Christ, all the blood, it sounds really good. People are mesmerized. And uh, frankly, if you really study, I, I found a mistake in the first book on page 25 or so. Go check yourself. You know the James Bond poison, that the umbrella poison, you touch a person and they walk across right. the street and drop dead in the movies. It's a really real thing. Yeah. It's a lectin. Well, I got news for you. It doesn't matter what your blood type is. If you get hit with that umbrella lectin, you're going to die. I don't care if you're an A, a B, a B-O, or, a, or a, a B, whatever it is, you're going to die from that lectin because it's a gut lectin. It has nothing to do with the, with the blood type lectin. Now, there is some truth to the lectin that archaeologists and, or excuse me, anthropologists have found. O types do better with meat. Hmm. Uh, B types also do better with meat, but a little less than uh, they do better maybe for fish. Uh, a, a, an A type makes a really good vegetarian, and an AB type can actually be a fruitarian if they really work at it. They have to know what they're well, wait doing. Wait a minute, I, aren't you contradicting yourself? I didn't think these blood types mattered. So I'm confused. I said they, they matter, but they don't matter to poison you. You can't eat an orange. How ridiculous that is. Oh, I I'm see. They, they're, di 
you do better with maybe certain foods. So Diadama was close on that? Very large categories. Yeah, okay. he said, and this was done in Canada by researchers, and, and I'm talking about anthropologists prove that, that certain civilizations were nothing like O-types, like I believe the Olmec Indians, it's interesting, it starts with an O, hmm. they were uh, O-types, and then you have your A's, and they can trace all these basic racial types who bred those particular types. Now, O is the universal donor. They're pretty well safe with anything. They don't get stomach cancer as much as an A, a does, no matter what they eat, actually. <laughs> but uh, basically, an O and a B do better with meats. The other type can get away with the vegetarian. You're still always on shaky grounds, whatever. And and as far as uh, I've I've debated with uh, uh, Adamo before on uh, Facebook, and uh, frankly, I think it's a load of hooey, Dr. Adamo. Dr. Adamo? Um, yeah, and now I'm really going to be controversial. You know, the trouble is I'm against just about everything, so <laughs> I'm used to it. Yeah. But I have a book that goes into uh, blood types. I don't even remember. It, it spread through my literature. And lectins can be very beneficial. Oxalates can be very beneficial. All these things can have benefits if you know how to use them. If you use too much of anything, you're going to die. Oxalates will give you poison. Uh, there's ways to get around it. Uh, lectins are poisoned, but they also cure cancer. How, uh, jackfruit lectin, jimson hmm. uh, weed lectin, wheat germ lectin, uh, mistletoe lectin. What do you think that you've had guests on your sure. show have talked about mistletoe? What do you think that is? It's a lectin. So what about what about the lectins that the carnivore people and the keto people talk about? You know, and all the carbs and the rice and all that stuff. Do you think there's some validity to those things? Could be potentially damaging. To your gut, not your blood type. Your blood type has nothing to do with no, it, no, your uh, gut. No, I mean, by eating these lectins could could be damaging to the gut, like Gundry talks yes. about. Yes, okay. the gut. Like, Gundry can be right, but they're not near as serious a problem as people think they are because okay. the most important thing is to have about three bowel movements a, 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 a day. If you take too much tryptophan, it will give you cancer unless you do two things. Take less tryptophan like Ray Pete advises or take as much tryptophan as you want but move your bowels three times a day then the tryptophan cannot turn into indoles and skatoles and those other toxic chemicals that give you cancer in there so it's all about moving if you have a food and you set it on the counter and don't refrigerate it are you going to eat it two weeks later your gut has the same thing. If it stays in there, it rots. Yeah. It's called disfermentation. Nothing wrong with fermentation, but disfermentation, whole other story. <clears throat> why would why would anybody take tryptophan? Uh, they take used to take it for sleep. Does it work? And I'm trying to stay awake. One time a lady came to my health, the health food store I managed and said, I would like some tryptophan. And she looked so healthy, I told her, what, can I ask you why you're taking the tryptophan? Uh, I'm taking it to sleep. Well, uh, why are you taking it to sleep? Uh, you, you can't fall asleep? Uh, yeah, I, uh, my, I live with my relatives, and they don't stay up late, and I'm, I stay up late. Well, uh, do you feel sleepy and tired? 
no, not at all. Well, then why don't you uh, why don't you do something and uh, go into your room and do something you like? Well, what do you mean what I like? Well, what do you like to do? Do you like to read? Oh, yeah, I love to read. So I said, well, then if you don't sleep, why sleep? It, it, just go into your room, close the light. And she didn't. I lost the sale, but she cried. She hmm. said, thank you. Thank you. Now she can go and read and not be forced to go to sleep. And tryptophan is not a help. Repeat's right. It is not something you supplement with. People who supplement with it are in the same people who supplement with serotonin or melatonin, which is a dangerous chemical. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I tried some a few years ago when I didn't figure out that I don't need to sleep as much. And uh, I did the tryptophan. I felt terrible. I was like, no. No. Also, GABA did the same thing. I tried GABA one. You know, all the sleep people, they got all these things to take, right? Oh, just do GABA. I don't know what these things do to the brain, but I, my brain wasn't happy with them. Just one time. Most of them don't do it. Yeah, most of them don't do anything, but <laughs> they, they can be harmful. It, melatonin is harmful because your natural melatonin soaks up the serotonin, which is a definite danger for you. Melatonin, when you take it, it doesn't need to soak it up anymore. So now you're stuck with the extra serotonin. That's why it's melatonin is dangerous. Also, does serotonin cause sleep? No, it's a timing marker. A rat gets its highest melatonin level at midnight. Does it go to sleep? It's a nocturnal animal. Melatonin says time to wake up. But for a human being, time to go to sleep. It's a marker. It has nothing to do with going to sleep. But to show you how people are mesmerized and hypnotized, it puts them to sleep. It puts people oh, to sleep. Oh, because, because people take it for jet lag and all that, and they believe it. I've heard people they say, oh, yeah, it. I do melatonin, and it works great. And they just... They, mind they, over meat. They mind over... <laughs> That's, That's it. See, it. It proves the point that our mind is over meat, because if you really investigate what melatonin is... It gives human beings sad, seasonal affective disorder. Why yeah. would you take something to depress you? <laughs> because it doesn't. If you believe in it, and, and many people are going to hear this, they're still going to take melatonin. They're going to say, that guy's full of hooey. Yeah, hey, and welcome to it. If it puts you to sleep, What is enjoy. this guy? What is this guy now? Patrick Timponi along with Adam Bergstrom, OneRadioNetwork.com. It's always fun talking to him. In about a half an hour or so, we're going to talk with a fellow who wrote a book, he's written a book, and it's, I, I think you're going to like this fellow, Dr. John Jaquish, and his book is called Weightlifting is a Waste of Time. Adam Bergstrom has spent a lot of years, and he knows a lot about weightlifting and muscles, so I hope Adam will get a chance to hear this and let us know what he thinks about this. I think this guy is on to something just because I really had some very, really wonderful experiences so far, and I'm actually building muscles in six weeks. I don't know how I've done that. So, it's pretty cool. I've never been sore. Uh, well, I take it back. One little spot above in my upper back for a couple of days when I don't think I did it properly. I just kind of lost form a little bit. But other than that, um, muscles, chest, um, um, all the, I don't know all the muscle names, but um, what's on the back of the arm? What's on the back of the arm, Adam? What's this one called? Triceps. Triceps. Thanks. Thanks. And I do I do different ones for the see I don't know this time. I do different ones with the triceps for the biceps for the chest, and I do it you know every day or every other day 
and no soreness. And he's going to tell you why that's possible where in weightlifting you have to wait three, four, five days. It's a different model that he does. Anyway, that's coming up. So what was I going to do? I just got lost in space here. What was I going to do? I was going to do something. I just got so excited about that. I just got lost in space. Um, oh, okay. Now I know. This is pretty cool. Um, a Sheila jet is probably a pretty uh, fun thing that people, I don't even know what it is. I think it's more like dinosaur, dinosaur toe jam, toe jam or something. But it's this black stuff. And if you go to on Microorganics through our website, you can click on the on the ad that has the um, the shower filter, and you can find a Sheila Jet, and they've got um, uh, some capsules. And I bought this one because I prefer to take a, um, take a, a liquid. Just more fun for me. I don't like swallowing a lot of capsules. But this is like billions of miles up in the Himalayas, really high up. Got a little, just a touch of honey, and um, and um, it, it supposedly Sheila just got all kinds of good little minerals in there for your body. And this is this is made from that gooey paste that's a pain to take, but you can take. Wow. It, it tastes like dinosaur toe jam. So get some of that. I try everything. I try everything once, you know, twice, three times. Dinosaur toe jam. That's an Omica. Let me show you the little thing you can look for on the front page. This is the best shower filter ever. This is the same company that has the Sheila Jet and a lot of other things, too, with this company. It's very... Very nice company. I know um, um, uh, Rafi, and he's crazy. We did a video with him. Crazy good. I mean, if you want to get a really shower filter, I mean, shower filter here, but if you want to get a filter for your home and really get everything out, you can go on our website, look for Rafi, R-A-F-I, and... um, Listen to him. We did a great show with him. And he talks about how he does his water filters. And I think that, I don't think there's a person I know on the planet that is so crazy, good, crazy, about uh, filtering water. In particular, with the with the, um, the ingredients in these different filters. And it's, he's over the top. So if you're going to spend money on a shower filter for your home, and have good water for you know, a lifetime or whatever, um, I think it's very, very powerful to get a... Uh, he's got all different kinds. So this is a shower filter, but then you can do the, uh, um, the filter under your sink as well. And you don't have to carry those things home from the store every time you turn around, right? So it's on Organics. Get the Sheila Jet shower filters and water filters for the shower and for under the sink on OneRadioNetwork.com. Previously with chemist, biologist, and nutritionist George Altgelt, we asked him this. And so what do you think about Dr. Seneff's contention that as these glyphosates are in the soil, they bust the sulfur cycle, and that's really detrimental to the body? It's extremely detrimental. Uh, Sulfur is such an important detoxifying agent for the entire body, and especially for the liver. 
got to have trace minerals so that the liver can build these compounds that are essential for getting itself cleaned. And that lady who was talking about sulfur, mm-hmm. man, play that ad every chance you get because our foods are so deficient in sulfur. And it is a big deal for the liver to have enough sulfur to make all those compounds that it uses to detoxify itself. Not just sulfur. They're all important, but sulfur is the one that we're so deficient in, and we need sulfur. Thanks, George. I had some this morning. You? You might want to give it a try. You can click an order right on the front page of OneRadioNetwork.com. Three locations, three prices delivered. And if you'd like more than four pounds for a discount, email me, Patrick, at OneRadioNetwork.com. Indeed there, Mr. Patrick, talk show kind of guy. Every day, every day, every day so far. I've been doing it for years. I I don't know. I just like it. Um, um, knock on wood, I'm doing really well. And uh, happy birthday to me. Um, it's pretty cool that I, the sun and the moon have traveled around me for, above me for what, 30,000 30, times, did he say? That's a lot. Um Oh, uh, speaking of the liver, one of the the most coolest oils ever. Now, we don't, seed oils are pretty dangerous. Pretty dangerous. You don't want to mess with them. Uh, Andrea's seed oils is a whole other game. You can do black cumin seed oil, coriander seed oil, pumpkin seed oil, and one of our faves is this one, speaking of the liver, which is milk thistle seed oil wow now you want to you want to you want to just give mr liver something that's fun milk thistle has been uh, known for uh, ever to help the liver and can you imagine how many little milk thistles you got to squeeze to get an oil that is pristine with no oxidation um no um very little pressure uh, very little friction and practically no temperature which is what one of the reasons why oils are so dangerous because they use heat. Oil, I don't know what they do. You know, cold press doesn't mean anything. But if you want to you do a fun thing for Mr. Liver, get some milk thistle seed oil from Andrea's Seed Oils. They're in Myron Glass. You could probably do it. I'll ask Adam when the best time to do a liver thing is. But I, you know, practically, you know, I'm Italian Scorpio. I just kind of do things when I want. But I'm sure there's a better time during the year um, to do it. Anyway, Andrea's Seed Oils on OneRadioNetwork.com. It's really terrific, terrific stuff. Terrific stuff. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Mr. Adam Bergstrom, tell folks about your two websites and what they may find there. Tell them, tell them. SolarNutrition.com, that's where we have the books, and I'm adding journals and books as we speak. I now have a new computer where I can see the keys, and it works much better, and I can do things I couldn't do with the old computer, so I can write much faster now than I used to. And basically, I have to convert paperwork that I have, cases of paperwork. I have all these books written. I just have to put them down on the computer. Uh, I have a book for every element of the periodic table, actually, but I've only produced three or four, I believe. 
The other site is sunsinknutrition.com, and that's where we have the color recycling charts, how to synchronize your time to see when the legitimate time, Mm -hmm. the biological time versus the uh, banker's time is available. And uh, that's our two sites. So so all the books are at solartiming.com. Right? Oh, close to 50 now. <laughs> wow. And then the, um, the, the one-time pay deal, 99 for a lifetime, that's on Sunsink <laughs> Nutrition. You got all kinds of stuff, including the, the, the little gizmo to, to figure out your solar time. That's a great one, too. Well, yeah. Yeah, color recycling. That's another way to prevent brainwashing, by the way. It's just go through those colors. It's coming out in black. It's coming out in gray, brown, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, white, clear. And automatically, if you do that throughout the day, it prevents or sabotages the media's getting into our brain. Oh, that's and cool. And believe me, they're on social media just as much as on mass media. I've seen a bunch of uh, the same kind of stuff on BitChute, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. What do you make of old Elon? Do you think he's a, a yes-no maybe as far as freedom? Uh, no, I think I think he's one of them. Yeah. But but he's my fa- one of my favorite favorite them. Like right. Putin's my favorite uh, leader at this point. Uh, and the the religious right is really freaked out by Elon, Elon Musk. Yeah. Because he wore that devil suit with the upside down cross on it and freaked him out. Oh, I didn't see so that. What that was, was that about? Of, what was that about? He just decided to do that. And then they tried to say he had going to have a Halloween party at uh, Transylvania, that kind of stuff. You know, I think most of that is nonsense. He's a, he, you know, I've been against his, uh, I've liked his personality. He believes in the matrix, things like that. Uh, but I didn't like the idea of faster transportation. I'm for 17 mile an hour speed limit. That would give us the right to go all over you notice you have to be rich now to drive any place and that's how they want it they want to make sure only the five percent or ten percent can drive cars everybody else when i was a teenager we were on wheels man we drove we got in the car to talk we got in the to do anything let's go talk get in the car drive to Van Nuys, cruise the boulevard, look for women, whatever. Let's drive out to Bakersfield. We drive out all the way to Bakersfield, 100 miles. Go under the sign. We made it. Let's turn around and drive back. And we talked all day. And even we went to the bathroom. I had a car with a hole at the bottom of the back seat, and you could just take a crap on the highway as you drove along, so you didn't have no, to stop at the bathroom. No, you didn't we do that. Did, paper you didn't really I'm do serious. that. Did you do that? We did it. And we did other things, too. Uh, I had a convertible, another car at one time, and uh, I would I would lie down and work the gas and brake. And my friend would stand up in the back seat like this and hold the steering wheel and be driving from the back seat. And he said, brake, gas, brake, gas. <laughs> and, me, and here this guy would be standing up in the back seat driving a car down the road, and people would be going, mm, what the heck is going on? <laughs> Yeah, we did all kinds of stuff like that. I've even been with a buddy of mine, and we were on a dirt road, and at 10 miles an hour, I jumped out of the car, and he was a passenger. Did you jump? Oh, wow. Craziest thing I've I done in a car is probably, oh, not too crazy, but uh, on trips where you just, uh, 
a pee in a jar and then drink the drink the pee. You know, you just, that's you don't have to stop. You know, just pee in a jar, drink the pee, pee in a jar, drink the pee, and just recycle it the whole time. It's kind of fun. I would pee in the jar and toss it out the window. <laughs> Because, you know, many times you're on a freeway and there's no place to get off. I've been in places oh, I where I didn't even know where I was and I was afraid if I got off, I couldn't get back on. Oh. And so I've, I've peed in many jars in many states. But when you throw out the window, it gets all over your car because the wind blows it all over the car. You have to be careful. I've gotten it before. <laughs> I've gotten a pee bath. Oh, God. I hope I saw. You have to, the trick is to put it out the window and lean it back and then throw it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, yeah, the first time I found out the hard way. Here's an email from Emily. I enjoy that when you have Adam on. Thanks for having him on. I live out in California, and I love it when he calls it California. California. And does he think that anything will come of this election tomorrow to make it easier for us to live, live here? We're thinking about moving because it's so crazy. Hmm. You know, the problem is uh, it goes back and forth. Look at, you go to Florida. They're releasing genetic mosquitoes. At least we're not doing that in California. Right. So all of your states have benefits. At least we can smoke marijuana and all kinds of stuff here now. Texas is still, can you even get medical uh, marijuana without a problem? Uh, I don't all think states. it's legal in Texas, is it? I don't know. Yeah, here, now that it's legal, people are smoking something called shark. Are you familiar with shark? Oh, yeah. They put pesticides and everything in it, and the uh, MS-13 uh, sells it, and they don't even know what's in it. Even MS-13 doesn't know what's in it, and yet people get really hooked on shark, or tiburon, I believe. Tiburon, it's pronounced. I'm not sure if you uh, saw the interview, but we had a very... A well-respected um, psychiatrist on the show studying addiction, and she had talked about on the show that a lot of this medical marijuana has really dangerous levels of THC. You know, they're just jumping it up, and people get massively addicted to it, just as much as oxycotton or you know, or cocaine or anything, because it's really strong stuff, really strong. They have enhanced marijuana. In fact, California is suffering now because the illegal marijuana has far surpassed the legal marijuana. And believe me, we have an ongoing fight here going on in Carpinteria, California, because it's the center of the marijuana business in the entire country now. They, all of the flower greenhouses have been turned over, but they smell of pot. People hate the smell of pot, so they have to put in these expensive uh, uh, purifiers and this and that. And now the big controversy is we had a place called Santa Claus Lane. Used to have a big giant Santa Claus on it, and now they say they're disrespecting Santa Claus Lane by putting a marijuana dispensary in on Santa Claus Lane. Meanwhile, what happened to the Santa Claus? Yeah. He's an Oxnard by the freeway, and he's the favorite target of drive-by shooters. They shoot Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. Well, I tell you what, you're, you're a very brave guy living out there in California, man. I tell you what, I don't know how you do you know, it. I don't know how you do it's it. Such a, it's such a beautiful place, I wouldn't move anyplace else. Really? It, it's got, yeah, it's got the country, and all we have to do is overthrow the government. And I, I think... Uh, the trouble is, all the people I admired, like Noam Chomsky and the so-called left-wingers, that were really for freedom. Yeah. I mean, Way back. I mean yeah. the left used to be, li the, 
it, you, you were liberal. You wanted freedom for people. Now they're totalitarians. I won't watch a Hollywood movie anymore. Hollywood, I used to love Hollywood. I used to go down there every time I could, uh, many times. Now I watch Russian movies only. I don't watch <laughs> any Hollywood movies uh, at, at all, except maybe an oldie, a real oldie like Bogart or something to reminisce. But uh, this whole place has become, it's been topsy-turvy. I'm not for right-wing churches and stuff like that, but they're my friends now. I watch, I watch David Knight. I watch Rick Wiles. I watch all these people that I wouldn't have thought of before, and they are true heroes. Look at the Pelosi thing. Some left-wing degenerate bashes him with a hammer, and it's his friend, probably a gay guy, and they'd make him into a MAGA guy like he's some kind of a right-wing fanatic when when he's a nudist and he's involved in the green movement and all of those kind of things. You probably followed that ridiculous story up there. Right, right, yeah. Um, so, I, it almost feels like they, they want to put uh, Mussolini against Trump in 2040. Do you think they're going to do that too? What a trip that would be. What a trip. We'd no. get rid of him. <laughs> We'd get rid of him. <laughs> you get rid of him. Because hmm. I think he'd lose. You know, it's it's the Getty family here that's really, uh, really the uh, the power behind uh, him. Uh, Ivy Gellet, Getty, and all these Gellies. The funny thing is the Rockefeller daughters now, no, great-granddaughters, whatever they are, uh, Eileen uh, Getty, She's the one that was involved with splashing the uh, paintings and all that, you know, all that uh, mm-hmm. vegan stuff. She's the Getty Oil Company, and the other one's the Rockefeller Oil Companies. Now they're totally on the other side. Mm-hmm. Things have just switched so completely that uh, it gets, it gets, uh, it's like a comedy. It's like a Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live is boring now, but. All you have to do is go in real life and just, watch the yeah, news and see Saturday Night Live. Pretty, pretty amazing. Okay, Kettle, we got to run and we got to do another show. Thanks for being here. Uh, visit Adam on his website, Sunsink Nutrition, SolarTiming.com. Thanks for being here. Well, we'll see you on the third Wednesday for Adam 2.0 for another adventure into the world Let of me. No, go ahead. Let me tell you something important. Yeah. I think they're cutting the power. It's California Power Day on that day, so maybe we can reschedule. I'll, I'll let you know for oh, sure. No kidding. If it's going to be that Wednesday. Yeah, they pick Wednesday morning. They cut it off at eight in the morning. Exactly our time. Oh, I think they're watching me. Well, we'll 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 figure something out. That's crazy. Okay. I had no idea. Okay, kiddo, I love you. Thank you. See you soon. Happy birthday, Thank Patrick. You. Thank you very much. See you soon, Adam Bergstrom. Yes, no, maybe chronobotic nutrition. He's a real fun guy, huh? Okay, we're gonna we're gonna pony up here and do a little, um, not weightlifting, but doing some. Um, how we would say we're gonna do some strength building and muscle building, and also uh, strengthen our heart without uh, doing heavy cardio. And we're gonna talk with a, a doctor who um, is gonna explain his theories on all of this, and his name is John Jaquish. His, his book is called Weightlifting is a Waste of Time. And so we're going to do that in about 10 minutes. 10 minutes. So you stay right there. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for coming and visiting on the show, rather. And we'll see you in a minute. From the Hill Country in Texas. 
This is OneRadioNetwork.com.